Mm. I don't know if we can roll tape here or not. Mm. Hello there, podcast land. <laughs> my name is Billy. And my name is Christy. And you are listening to the 12 Days of Front Porch Must. Yay! We're still here from the Front Porch Sessions podcast. If you happen to be new this year, lucky you. Because <laughs> you get 12 days of us. Front Porch Must. Of us, yes. Where this is the third annual mm. 12 Days of Front Porchmas. It started off as the 12 Days of Christmas, and yes. it quickly morphed into well, something else. Quickly as in the next year. <laughs> One year later. Well, yeah, but I think during that first year, we started calling it Front Porchmas. Oh, I see. Because it, it made sense. So here we are. It's just 12 days where we're talking about something Christmas-related. Mm-hmm. Uh, we typically try to have a little theme mm-hmm. uh, with the 12 Days of Front Porchmas. And for those of you that are purists out there <laughs> and may have not heard a previous explanation, mm-hmm. we do know that the 12 days of Christmas actually starts on Christmas Day mm-hmm. and goes through into January, mm-hmm. to January 5th, actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do the math there. I just knew that because <laughs> I, I read it a few weeks ago. Again, it was a reminder out of my notes or something. Uh, but we do it now before Christmas because uh, we're rebels like that. I think maybe maybe most people do the 12 days of Christmas leading up to Christmas, and Christmas is the finale. Maybe, but my college students told me today, had one that said, doesn't it start on January 1st? And then it turned into a whole thing, and I stopped them, and I was like, why are we having this conversation? None of you are going to even listen. And a couple are like, yeah, I am. I'm going to listen on the way home. I thought, whatever. (laughs) No, they're not going to listen. No. They're going to forget about you for a little while. I don't think that's a bad thing. And that is totally fine. So here we are, the uh, 12 Days of Front Portsmouth. This is day one. And on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. This is why I started it all. Do you remember? A partridge in a pear tree. Yes. And uh, I hope you like birds. Uh, <laughs> but And then last year, so the first year we did this, we talked about the 12 days of Christmas. It was a natural. Mm-hmm. It fit. We didn't know we were going to have so much fun with it. We had a great or time. Or we would have maybe not done it. Or, you know, it was, or pick something different. Uh, like last year, so. we talked about traditions, yeah. things that we like. And this year, we are going to talk about, oh, a nice drummer on the table. We could probably drop that in, too. (laughs) So we'll keep yours. I was going to say, let's not make it any more difficult than we have to. No, we'll keep yours. Uh, We are going to talk about Christmas songs. Yay! Christmas songs. This feels appropriate. We talk about music a decent amount on the regular podcast. We do. And we talk about Christmas once a year. Yeah. For several episodes, a yeah. little bit. So, yeah. yeah, I think it is fitting. And I will go ahead and tell you, there is no real plan. <laughs> I, I don't really know what that means. We we haven't mapped out uh, what all the songs are mm-hmm. that we're going to be uh, looking at or talking about. If you have a suggestion of a Christmas song that you would like us to uh, include on the 12 Days of Front Porchmas, and that doesn't mean it's just going to be 12 songs. Mm-hmm. We may not even get to a song on this one because we're just going to introduce a little bit right. of the topic. So maybe others, um, maybe songs that we like, songs mm-hmm. we don't like, songs we don't understand. I've got a couple of those <laughs> oh, fine. Uh, that we'll pull out. Uh, but feel free to DM us your suggestions. Mm-hmm. And how do they do that? They'll do that through 
the Front Porch Sessions podcast on Instagram. We do have uh, those are wide open, just waiting for you to send us messages. That does come to both of us. So again, that's the Front Porch Sessions podcast on Instagram. Go ahead and give us a follow if you haven't done that yet, but definitely send us messages that way. Absolutely. And if we if you send a song and we don't get to it, please don't hate us. No, we, because of our schedule, we're actually going to have to record this in a weird way. Well, and honestly, so. I don't know about you. I I had high hopes that I would have really been able to come up with a working outline of what this might look like. And, and you then, haven't done it yet. No, I okay. feel like this this has just it. I don't know. I can't seem to get control of my mm. schedule or my life. Well, you get to get got to get on that. I know. I so know. Th- there'll be some that we probably will record the day before it's released. Yeah. But there are also because again of our schedule, we're going to have to record some uh, in, more in advance, which is kind of was the idea when we originally yes. started. Yes. But then we were getting so many comments, and we just went. Yeah. And we had to address those, and yeah. that and it turned into like full episodes with us. <laughs> so before we. Uh, and probably on the second day of Front Portsmouth, we'll get into discussing certain Christmas songs. But what comes to mind when you think of a Christmas song, or maybe what makes a Christmas song? And also, poor Jesus is a good question for you to answer as well over on the Instagram. You know, that's that's a great question to start well, thank with. You. Thank well, you. because we think about, uh, we have been going to a couple of holiday shows recently, and it's certainly come to our attention as we listen to those songs like I wonder why that is a holiday song and there's even songs that we sing in church that sometimes are closer to Christmas and you think huh as you sing it and you like maybe read the lyrics you think "Ah, what why do we sing that this time of year um maybe angels we oh angels we Call on high, sing on high. All of a sudden, it's gone because we only sing it once a year. I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm oh, not helpful. But there's a couple that we sing uh, more on the uh, religious institutional history that I think, huh, I wonder why we only sing those this time of year. I assume for some reason it is timing, because meaning like they're Christmas songs because that is how we traditionally frame them, that we sing them only at this time of year. It should be because they actually talk about Christmas or New Year's or holiday or something, but I don't think that's really how we follow it. Okay. Because if you think about, like Jingle Bells even, does Jingle Bells say Christmas? Now, Jingle Bells does not mention uh, Christmas at all. Oh, good. I'm so glad. (laughs) And if you remember from last year, which I know you don't, we actually discussed that around Thanksgiving or going into Christmas. Okay. Jingle Bells, um, what I can, or as a reminder in doing some research, it was originally, as far as we know, either written as a Thanksgiving song. Mm. And it was, I think it was originally called... one horse open sleigh or something like that. Okay. But it, the, everything I can find says it was either as a Thanksgiving song or a drinking song. Oh. <laughs> with that. And it wasn't until years later mm-hmm. that the name changed and it okay. was uh, thrown in as uh, being a Christmas song. Okay. And we might come back to that in just a second. I wonder with some of the church songs that you're talking about, mm-hmm. if it has to do more with incarnation. And so the song you talk, is somehow talking about Jesus' birth. Mm-hmm. And then that's really... From a religious standpoint, the celebration mm-hmm. here of, Maybe. of Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So this is going to shock you. <laughs> that I actually looked into a little bit of what makes a Christmas song. And 
sometimes you, you don't get good answers, mm. but you get some. And I'm going to try not to bore you. <laughs> and I had really good notes. I had a few minutes and I made some notes and I um, printed them out and I left them on my desk. And I decided <laughs> I wasn't going to go back uh, with that. So um, we're going to have to bear with me just a second here. <laughs> we're going to have to bear with you? Yes. Okay. Okay, so we're looking at this idea of what makes thing, something a Christmas song uh, ends up being familiar. Now, it used to be that Christmas songs, if you went to the store, they didn't really start playing them till Thanksgiving or maybe the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, now you go in and it's like oh, the beginning yeah. of November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween has barely happened, if, if it's happened at all, and you're hearing <laughs> Christmas songs, so... Um, that, that's a little bit um, problematic for me, but nevertheless, that's not what our <laughs> that's a show nice is way about. Of saying that, by the way. Uh, but what makes Christmas music so distinct? In some ways, it may seem obvious, but there are also going to be a few surprises here. Joe Bennett. Joe Bennett is a something I didn't know existed. A forensic musicologist. Wow. At the Berkeley College of Music in Boston, he actually attempted to answer this type of question back in 2017. Okay. And he looked at the lyrics, tempo, vocals, and other elements of the 78 most streamed holiday tunes on Spotify. Okay. Not a sponsor. <laughs> I feel like I should throw that in because we throw it in for all kinds of things. Sure. Um. So the most obvious aspect of what makes a Christmas song is the lyrics. Okay. Bennett found that the words used in these songs fit broadly into eight key themes, and I don't have all eight of those, but it included things like home, in love, which Mm. I don't think about in love Mm -mm. things, but I I think maybe some of the things, and we can come back to that as we (laughs) progress through our 12 days here, party, Mm -hmm. party. so, I mean, by that, is Party in the USA a Christmas song? Mm. Uh, Santa and Snow. I wonder if these things but, have to go together. Like, are there some of those on that list that if they go I don't with, think so. I mean, okay. at least from this brief article. Because it says it fits, <laughs> it fits broadly into eight key themes. So mm. I don't know that it's just eight or if it's looking. It doesn't go into that. But the concept that connects all these themes, according to Bennett, is nostalgia. Mm. Uh, which we'll get to another guy in a second who says something different. Uh, Bennett here says, The world of a Christmas song in terms of visual imagery is the in-person analog world, fireside, snowfall, presence under the tree. Okay. Okay, I think all those things kind of describe Christmas with that. Uh, The nostalgia can be found in the technical aspect of music as well. This might bore you a little bit. Um, 95% 95% of the songs that he analyzed were in a major key. Okay. I don't really... I mean, I know that word, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's it's not important for our purposes okay. right now. It's not a minor key. Uh, major keys <laughs> in pop music are more dated. Okay. So in contemporary pop, it tends to be more in a minor key. Okay. So when you get to the key, it, it kind of can set the mood, some different okay. things. It changes. Okay. We're not going to get into all that technical aspect. Of it here. Bennett adds the dominance of the major key in Christmas music partly reflects a preference for happy themes during okay. the chilly holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Sproston, and I may be saying that wrong, yeah. uh, director of the School of Arts and Media and the deputy dean at the University of Chester in England. How would you like to go to the University of Chester? <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but I go. I know a, a, a man named Chester. He's a wonderful and man. He is. I, I would go to his university. For sure. 
Um, I'm, I didn't know he had a, a place in England, but he's, apparently he, he does. He's done okay for himself, so maybe. Uh, so Darren Sproston here has delivered a series of lectures about the history and character of Christmas music. Riveting. <laughs> I'm not making fun of him at all, please. Um, he points out that this preference for up-tempo holiday can be traced back to the traditional carols written for congregational performance. He said people have, have got to pick up the melodies quite quickly so they can sing them in that community setting, but that's also true of popular music and the hooks meant to draw in audience sure. so they have that singability. I get that. That makes that. a lot so of So if you look at like Christmas song, they do have, or at least the more popular ones, a yeah. singability yeah. to it. Sticks with you. Um, yeah. Bennett found that the median average beats per minute for the Christmas songs that he analyzed was uh, 115. 115 beats per minute. Okay. Slightly above the average of popular music, or excuse me, slightly below the average of popular music, which okay. tends to be about 120. Oh, okay. Uh, 90% of the songs were in 4 4, which basically is most other pop music. 38% of the songs that Bennett uh, analyzed included sleigh bells. 35% used a broken triplet rhythm, kind of like a swing rhythm. Okay. I'm boring you to tears I really, over here. Um, I could not like, care any less. Yeah, I but tried. okay. Okay. But you're giving us foundation. Yes, and it gets into some things with Phil Spector. Who knew Phil Spector played such a I wish a I role didn't know that. in <laughs> Christmas music. Wow. Sorry to be so... No, I mean like as in um, I'm kind of being judgy about Phil Spector. Oh. That's what I mean. Uh, Sproston notes that tubular bells, which evoke the sound of church bells, are also a distinctive element, as well as choral singing. Okay. Uh, and this gets really interesting to me. <laughs> as you, According to Sproston here, he says, as you introduce a choir, especially a children's choir, you get that level of Christmas-ness. Hmm. Christmas Ness. choir. Oh, yes. Uh, well, no, children's choir. If you introduce a choir, particularly a children's choir, it elevates it to Christmasness. I'm going to pay attention to that because there there could be something that I could actually latch on to with that. Like that that maybe makes sense to me. Well, the, the more interesting part is the second half of that that I haven't given you yet. <laughs> so you check into that. But Sproston points out, he points to Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall, uh-huh. which very few people including myself, would consider Another Brick in the Wall to be a Christmas song. Are you telling me it is? I'm telling you that in the UK during Christmas week of 1979, it. it was the top of the charts. Oh. And could it be that it used chorals, choral singing? I, I keep getting choral and choral mixed oh, up oh. here at talking. Yeah. So I am going to start considering another brick in the wall to be a Christmas song because it was number one in the UK during okay. the week of Christmas in you 1979. You can play that while you're getting ready to watch Die Hard. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Another key characteristic of Christmas songs is that is that they are, with rare exception, the same song year after year. I almost said young because I, I jumped to my year. Wait a minute. How, what, I, it's, it's not the same year after year? No, you misheard. I did. Probably because I said was trying to <laughs> rush it and get to, to Yong instead of Song because I read Year. I'm reading ahead. Okay, say it again. And I don't have on my reading glasses. We'll put them on. They're and right I'm here. having trouble hearing. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bad setup right now. Okay, another key characteristic of Christmas songs 
is that they are, with rare exception, the same songs year after year. So basically, we have the same Christmas songs that occur year after year. Okay. Why do you seem so confused? I, this is the time that we need to be on YouTube. I feel like that. Like I feel like you're saying it like that should be something incredibly profound, and I'm kind of thinking, yeah, we sing the same ones over and over again. Like, why is that so exciting? Well, that's saying that's part of it. Maybe making oh. it Christmas is part of that singing it over and over. You sing the same thing. You okay. sing Jingle Bells okay. over and over. Okay. You sing okay. We Wish You a Merry Christmas every year. So we know it. We, yes. Okay. Okay. I think um, I got it. Phew. They go on to talk about those rare tunes that break through and become new classics, usually do so because they blatantly borrow from older mm. Christmas songs. And it gives a couple of examples here, and it goes back into Phil Spector and some of the production <laughs> values. And we'll come back to that a little bit later uh, with that. Um, now, in this, the songs that he analyzed... The work, and this is also, they were looking at this idea of new songs, new Christmas songs, borrowing from old Christmas songs, can be found in the work of Michael Bublé. Oh, you got it that time. Well, I always want to say bubble. Yeah, we know. Even though I know it's Bublé. And now that you've said that, it's going to really mess you up again. Yes. So Michael Bublé, his songs counted (laughs) for 13% of those that Bennett analyzed. Holy cow. Most borrowed... Uh, most of those barred songs are from the big band era, the 40s, okay, 50s, sure. and 60s, and that seems on it gets into some other things. Uh, now, while Bennett chalks up this cozy, or chalks all this up to cozy nostalgia, Sproston offers another way of thinking about the appeal of familiar songs each year, and he says ritual. Oh. Christmas is cyclical. We come together as a family for Christmas dinner, intend to eat the same Christmas dinner. We watch the same Christmas programs. Those traditions are comforting, he says. Mm-hmm. It's the ritual. Okay. And I don't really know what we get into. Can ritual be nostalgia? Are they two totally separate things? Mm. Um, but but that was kind of a, an interesting aspect of it. Do you have people out there that actually study Christmas music? Well, it... it- Fits for you to find that particularly interesting because you do understand music. You can read music. You you enjoy the theory um, aspect of music. So it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, there were, were a couple of nuggets in there for me, but hopefully the Porchies are way smarter than me and, and got a, a more than a couple. So <laughs> Yes. I didn't know what to say. Didn't know what to say, so I'm moving on. I'm afraid you're going to um, get caught in a bad situation. Yes, I think you're setting me up for I'm something. Not. Not you, this time. And I think you very nicely just said that I was boring. And no, I was very, I was a nerd in my own way. I very nicely said that I am an idiot. <laughs> no. It's just not your thing. It, <laughs> it's not your bag, baby. Okay. Or however Austin Powers would have said that. Um, so then we look at these things. Sometimes Christmas songs are very obvious. They mention the word Christmas, mm-hmm. Santa. Others don't. Um, <laughs> Jingle Bells was written about a sleigh ride. Mm-hmm. It was later on became known as Jingle Bells. Uh, but they have that festive feel to it, mm-hmm. um, looking at that. And one of the things I saw, which um, I don't know, it's in my notes in my office. <laughs> um, looking at this idea of songs that have a Christmassy feel to them. Mm-hmm. They may include sleigh bells. They may mm-hmm. include church bells. Or the lyrics convey a something, a, a feeling of mm-hmm. that particular season I, uh, I get of that. winter. So, yeah. you know, let it snow, 
becomes yeah. a Christmas song because we often associate snow, cold winter weather, mm-hmm. maybe going to church with Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. So even though they have nothing to say about Christmas uh, in particular, those are things associated with it, which I found very interesting to read uh, about that because you and I grew up in a place to where on occasion it gets cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did not grow up ever having a white Christmas. No, me neither. I, I remember wearing shorts on Christmas. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I very vividly remember several Christmases. It being 80, wearing yeah. shorts and T-shirts, playing football yeah. in Grandma and Grandpa's front yard. Yeah. yeah. Um, waiting for the, the highlight of opening presents or whatever <laughs> was going on there. Yeah. So how does this set us up for where you think we might be going the rest of the uh, 11 days of Front Porch Miss? Well, in my mind, we're just going to show up and talk about Christmas songs. Okay. All right. Things, you know, I'm I'm going to come in here and, and some, you're going to come in maybe with some and mm-hmm. we'll make some up or Porchies will suggest. Yeah. But I think it was important to give a little bit what makes a song a Christmas song. Sure. It's not, it can't be just that it's released around that. Sure. I don't even know that just because it references cold, snowy weather. Or parties or, or loving in you. Love or, yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this will be fun. This will be interesting. Uh, we might get some special guests. We might get at least one of the kids wants to talk a little bit, I think. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. Because she's very opinionated about this. I know you're shocked. <laughs> she is very opinionated, but I don't I don't know about this. You know, I th- to me, I'm going to talk about some songs that I don't understand. Okay. And, and maybe some favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. But but that's what it is here. Yeah. We, we've laid it out. And, and I want to know, when, when you think of Christmas songs, not what song do you think of, but what, Porchies out there, what makes it a Christmas song? Mm-hmm. But you can send us the the songs too, like what? Oh yeah, you yeah. can send us your favorite Christmas songs, the Christmas songs you hate, yeah. the ones that you you know if you never heard again, it would be too soon. <laughs> ones you have questions, whatever. Yeah, yeah. With that, but particularly, what makes it yeah. a Christmas song to you? And and I kind of like this idea of nostalgia or a ritual. But if we just stick with that, we never get any new Christmas songs. Sure, sure. And sometimes we need new Christmas songs. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> I know. Uh, with that, where was I going? I had some I other know. brilliant thought there. <laughs> well, maybe you can save it for the 11th day of Front Porch Miss. No. No. <laughs> no. Because it was related okay. to what we're, we're or doing. Or maybe the second. Should I be so, saying it that way? Right? Because um, today's the first. Today is the first. Okay. So, so the 11th is on down the road with okay. that. Okay. All right. Yes. Um, you know, also don't be offended by anything we say about your favorite Christmas songs. Oh, because as you might imagine, we might have opinions about these things. And so will you. Yes, there's one or two that I have an opinion about. You have a pretty strong opinion about, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I also found, and I don't know where it is. It's not pulling up quickly here. Uh, and I just want to throw this out. It was like the 25 worst Christmas songs ever written. No, 20 worst Christmas songs ever that written. That fun. That may be a lot um, of fun. And some of these I had never heard of, and I didn't make it through the whole list. Um, we'll save that for another yeah. day with that. and run through. We'll run through some of them. We won't run through all of them okay. looking at, at some of the names. Um, but do you have a particular uh, Christmas song that you like? I want to listen to this every Christmas. 
Um, I have favorites, but I don't know that I have one that says, okay, it's Christmas when I hear this song. I'll have to okay. think about that. I'll, I'll work on that because there probably is something, um, but I'll work on it. I'll definitely work on it. Okay. Well, when you ask me, I'm not going to have an answer either because okay. I don't know. I was asked uh, over Instagram, like, what would be the first Christmas song I listen to once Christmas music oh, is allowed in our yeah. house? And I said, Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. <laughs> That's a good one. And that probably w- was the first one I actually listened to. But I also followed up and said, it, it may be the Pentatonix Christmas yes. album because we were going to go yes. in the car ride the next day. Yeah. A modern sleigh ride. <laughs> yeah. And listen to it. All right. So I, I think we've laid it out uh, for the 12 Days of Front Porchmas 2022. We yes. are going to talk about Christmas songs out of the first day of Front Porchmas. What makes a a song a Christmas song? I know where I was going with that earlier because I had never thought about Another Brick in the Wall being a Christmas song, but right. because it was number one in the UK in, uh, what was it, 1979? Uh I am going to start treating that as a Christmas song, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start listening to it every Christmas season. Okay. I have to do it because that is now (coughs) podcast law. (coughs) As you cough. Sorry. Yeah. So that sounds like a plan to me. Let's make it happen. All right. So we will be back tomorrow for the second day of Front Portsmouth 2022. And we are looking forward to it, and we'll be just as surprised as you about what we're talking about. (laughs) Do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here? I was just going to say I'm looking forward to it as much as you are. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Bye.